right, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's good to see you here tonight. Let's all stand together. We're going to sing some Christmas carols together. Joy to the world. Here we go. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive a king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders, wonders of his love. Angels we Sure. 
Amen. Hey, everybody, turn and greet one another before you're seated. Come on, everybody, stand up. Come on, turn and greet each other out there, okay? You got people around you don't know. <laughs> All right. I want you to know that I have um, seen this twice now, okay? And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, this is the one that we all look forward to, this one right here. And let me just tell you why. Now, you got to keep this a secret. Friday night, you know, we kicked this thing off. And Friday night's kind of a, like a dress rehearsal. A lot of these folks work. And by the way, if you're visiting, this is our own choir and, and we don't bring these folks in from some place. I mean, these are our own people. So Friday they had to work, and there was only like 20 of them up there on Friday night. Uh, we didn't have the piano set up right. Uh, cables were running around. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. But that's Friday night. Friday night you're just kind of working the kinks out of stuff, right? Then we show up today at 4 o'clock. And today at 4, it was a little better. It was, uh, it, was, it was better, but the, the choir, you know, they got to get their voices loose. It takes time to get your voice loose. Those of you that aren't singers don't understand that. I do. And uh, so you, you, it takes you a season, a while to get it loose. And so the last hour was basically them doing um, singing calisthenics, if you will. They were getting their voices loose. This is the one you want to be at. Saturday at 6 o'clock. I'm telling you. And uh, just teasing, obviously. But I'll tell you what, the, the, the music is unbelievable. You are going to en enjoy this a, a lot. I'm looking forward to hearing it all over again. Let, let me ask you, how many of you today, just be honest, you went out and got on McHenry, went to the mall, went to Target, went to Walmart, did some shopping. Come on, raise your hand. Oh, yeah, look at everybody's going, oh, not me. I don't do that stuff. Yeah, right, right. Well, I want you to know, yesterday, uh, my wife sent me out to get a few things. And, uh, man, uh, it, it's just a zoo out there, isn't it? I mean, just coming here tonight, I stopped at, uh, got on to McHenry Avenue, and that was like, you know, the beginning of the Indy 500. Cars are all jockeying for position, honking, and a lot of Christians out there giving you the one-way sign. Hey, it's amazing how many Christians were out there today, shopping. It was great. All of them were in the Yuletide season, you know, festiveness. 
pulled into uh, the Barnes and Nobles there to get me a coffee, and it was just packed out the door. Unbelievable the tension that's in the air right now. But everything will change on December 25th, won't it? You wake up that morning, and you can go out on McHenry Avenue, and there's not a car in sight usually. Your favorite restaurants are all closed. Your favorite coffee shop is closed. The mall is closed. All the stores have closed down. Offices are closed down. Everything shuts down on December 25th. And it's all because of the miracle that took place on the 25th. And that's what we're going to celebrate tonight with this music. And here's what I want you to, yeah, you can clap again. I just want you to take a deep breath and just kind of relax. You've probably been running around today and doing a lot of stuff, and you're here. And I want you to enjoy the, the, this next hour because it's really special. But this is what everybody needs to do. You all have those little rectangular things in your pocket or your purse, those smartphones. And everybody needs to reach in there right now and, and, and turn them off. Otherwise, you're going to be the guy. You know what I'm talking about? We've all been the guy. And there'll be this dramatic moment. The music will be ready to crescendo, and you're the guy. <laughs> turn it off. Unless you're so important that you have to have it on because, you know, people have to get a hold of you because you are just critical to the earth spinning on its axis. Turn it off unless you're a brain surgeon. Okay, because uh, I'm going to tell you, you're, you're going really, to really enjoy this a lot. And I'm going to pray. But, uh, you know, our, our country just yesterday went through something pretty crummy. And a little pinhole on a map called Connecticut is just, just in chaos, right? I mean, all of us, when we heard the news, didn't it just make it sick? And... Um, you know, we're going to celebrate Christ, and we need to do that. But I also just want to, to pray. I want to pray for all the families and all of the chaos that you know is going on in that little town. Father, thank you, Lord, for tonight and that we get to be together. So grateful for the choir and, and uh, Yvonne and the musicians, Father, and the hard work. Lord, they've, they've done this because they love you, and, and, and God, it's just really beautiful. My, my life has been enriched because of this music, and I know, Lord, tonight you're going to speak to us through the music. I know it. I pray for those that are here, especially those that are visiting. May they just be able to relax and enjoy some just sacred music, beautiful music, godly music. Speak to us, Lord, through it. But God, I also want to pray for uh, the people in Connecticut. And there is a lot of pain and sorrow and heartache there tonight and over the next weeks and months to come. Some of that heartache will never go away, this side of glory. But I pray, Lord, that somehow your peace would show up in their lives, Father. They need your peace. Lord, you are the Prince of Peace. And please, Father, May the Prince of Peace do an amazing work there. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. And I pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, amen. amen. For the Lord will scatter you among all the nations. 
from one end of the earth to the other. There among those nations you will find no peace or place to rest. Your life will constantly hang in the balance. You will live night and day in fear, unsure if you will survive. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. In the future, when you experience all these blessings and curses I have listed for you, and when you are living among the nations to which the Lord your God has exiled you, take to heart all these instructions. Even though you are banished to the ends of the earth, the Lord your God will gather you from there and bring you back again. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Thank you.
But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrata, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth.
a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace.
That's pretty good so far, isn't it? Yeah, amen? Amen? Come on. I guarantee you, you'd have to go a long, long way to find great music like that. And uh, some of my favorite songs are, are yet to come, but uh, before we get there, I want you to reach inside that program of yours and pull out that sheet of paper It looks like this, okay? Just want to tell you about what's coming up here over the next week or so. We kicked off our Christmas season here at Big Valley Grace with uh, Lincoln Brewster. Anybody uh, come to the Lincoln Brewster concert? Yeah, a bunch of you? Yeah. A lot like this, isn't it? Reminds you a little bit of Lincoln Brewster. Uh, Lincoln, a uh, young guy who took the old uh, great carols and kind of made them modern, and we had this great light show, and it was just a great concert. And, and now we've got a whole different style of, of music as we just continue to worship the Lord around here. And I want you to see next weekend, which is really Christmas weekend uh, here at Big Valley Grace, I want you to see that Saturday we have a 4 and a 6, and we have a, a 9 and 11, uh, our regular gatherings here at Big Valley Grace. And I'd like to invite you, maybe you don't have a home church and you're visiting We'd love to have you come back. I want you to know that this choir here at 9 o'clock on Sundays is, is always here leading us in worship. And all weekend, next weekend, they're going to be at all our gatherings again, Saturday night and Sunday, along with our entire orchestra. You're not seeing our orchestra, but next weekend at all four of our gatherings, they will be here and we're going to sing some great festive uh, Christmas music and, and um, we'll bring a, a message of, of hope, and man, we'd love to have you, you, you be here with us on Christmas weekend, next weekend. If you already have a home church and you're visiting with us, we're glad you're here. You're welcome any time, but you go and be a blessing to, to your church family, your pastor. Then I want you to see that on Christmas Eve, we have uh, two one-hour family-friendly gatherings, one at 4 and one at 5.30. And when I say they're family-friendly, we want you to bring all your kids in here. And once again, the choir, the orchestra will be here. We'll sing some great songs. There's a, a time when all the kids get to come on the platform, and there's a story. Uh, uh, we have a quartet that's going to be here. There's a short little message, and it's really a, a great time. And once again, if you do not have a home church family, we'd love for you to, to come and be a part of that. And then if you want to know something more about Big Valley Grace, especially if you're visiting with us, you can go to our website. You can see it at the bottom of that sheet, and you can see all the different things that uh, Big Valley Grace has to, has to offer. Well, I know that some of you, uh, as you looked inside your, your program, you saw that this was the, was the offering. And I know for some of you, you were going, oh, no, not the offering. That's all, the, that's all the church talks about is the offering. All they want is my money. I know that's all they want. 
Well, here's the deal. I'm going to talk about it for about two minutes, maybe. And we're going to be together for an hour and a half. And the reason why the church has a moment where we receive an offering is because the Word of God tells us to take an offering. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 3, Honor the Lord with your wealth. It's one of the ways that we say to God, we love you. And, and, and it's one of the ways we, we honor him and worship him. And so we only do that, the church only does that because that's what God tells us that we're to do. I didn't make it up. You know, I wasn't sitting in a room one day and thought, hey, I got a good idea. What if I do this offering thing, you know? And well, no, we do this because it's what God wants us to do. And when you really understand all that God has done for you, it really ought to be a special moment. And so I'm going to ask all our hosts and hostesses to come forward. If you're visiting with us, you can let that little bag go right on by. This is for those of you that consider Big Valley Grace your home. This is your church. And this is your regular time to honor the Lord through your giving. Father, thank you, God, for ministering to me through these beautiful songs. God, uh, I'm just really, really grateful for this choir, these musicians. Lord, thank you to each of them. Father, at this moment now as we give, may this be a great way to honor you. May, may we have a lot of joy in our heart as we give, Lord. Thanks for your goodness to us. And I pray this in your name. Amen.
Rose, that was just really, really, really beautiful. Well, um, we got a couple more songs. Thank you, Bobby. But before we, we get to those, um, it, it would just be really crummy if here in this Christmas season, I didn't take a moment and give you a Christmas thought. And before I do that, I, I want you to reach inside your program and pull out that little card. It looks like the front of your program. And if you'll just take that and just take a second, and if you just fill it out, it's just information. Uh, if you're a member of our church, you know, this is the time of year when we kind of, you know, you, maybe you changed your email address or your phone number or whatever, your cell phone. Why don't you just uh, give us all of the information. If you have a prayer request, put that on there. We'd love to pray for you. Our pastoral staff and everybody gathers every Tuesday, and we take all these cards, and literally we will pray for your prayer requests individually. And we'd love to do that for all of you. And uh, I want you to know if you're visiting with us, we don't give this information to anybody. No one's going to show up at your door or anything like that. But it's a way for us to tell you about some of the different things that go on here at Big Valley Grace and just keep you informed if you'd like to know about some other stuff. So everybody just take, a, take this card and, 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 and fill it out. And in just a moment, we'll pass those things in and, um, and we'll, 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 we'll collect them, okay? But I do want to just take a second, as I said, and, and just give you a thought about, about Christmas and, and what it all means. You know, we, we know about this, you know, this baby who came to planet Earth and was born in that little pinhole on a map called Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. But for some of you, you don't know the why. You don't really under, understand it. Now, most of us do. Most of us in this room, we get it. There was a season in my life, uh, quite a few years, where I didn't understand it. You know, Christmas was about trees and presents and, and you know, we sang a few carols or whatever. But I, I just didn't understand what this baby was all about. And so I just want to take a, a, a second and, and maybe explain why we have this Christmas season. What's it all about? Now, I know for some of you, you're going to walk out of here in a minute and go, you know what, that's all stupid and that's ludicrous and I don't believe any of it. And that's okay. The reason I know you're going to do that is because I used to do that. I would go down to First Baptist years ago when I was younger and, and I'd hear them talking about this whole Jesus thing and why he came and I used to walk out of the church going, you know, they're all nuts. And, and that's okay. It's okay that you don't believe what I'm going to say. It's okay. But at least you'll have a better understanding of why we celebrate Christmas, why we sing all these songs and do all, all that we do. And what I want to do is just give you just four really simple truths that, that are important for, for you to understand what's happening here this time of year. The first five words of the Bible are probably the, the five most important words in all of the Bible. It's a big book and there's lots of words in it, but the first five are critical. And in Genesis chapter one, it says this, in the beginning, God created. And if you can't get past those first five words of the Bible, then you know what? Christmas isn't gonna mean a whole, you know, it's just, it's gonna be about presents. It's gonna be about lights and trees and and, and family gathering and, and all those things. But you'll, 
you'll miss what it's really about if you don't lock on to those first five words of the Bible. That in the beginning, God created. He created all of the stars and the moons and the suns that are out there. He gets down to planet Earth and he creates planet Earth and he begins to give it all of its vegetation, he, all the different plants and trees and shrubs. He creates it all. And then he creates all of the, the animals, you know, the, the zebras and, and the tigers and crows and, and, and eagles. He creates it all. Now I know that that's a hard concept for some of you to grasp because we're living in a time when everything screams at you that that's just crazy. That there's no such thing as a God who created it all. That somehow a billion or two billion or three billion or eight billion, whatever, whatever, whatever the new number is now, two molecules bumped into each other and there was some gashish noshishnish and, 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 you know, something crawled out of some goo. And here we are today. The idea that there was an intelligent creator is just, you know, you're laughed upon if you think that. I have this... Um, this little rat trap up here. And um, it has five moving parts. It's got, well, it has this little wood thing here. And then it has this, uh, you know, <laughs> the little uh, neck snapper thing here, you know what I'm saying? Th then it's got the spring that moves that back. Then it, then it has the, the little dinner plate you know what I'm talking about. And then it's got this little deal that holds it all together. Five moving parts. Five. There's nobody in this room that would stand up and say, you know what, those five moving parts, you know, give it enough time. Five billion years, 10 billion years, I don't know, 30 billion years, you know, something could have made a piece of wood like this and, you know, and could have put this whole thing together. It could have just happened. Nobody would do that. You know why? Because we know it had to have a maker, some guy named Victor. <laughs> a guy named Victor put this together. And that makes sense, doesn't it? This could not have put itself together. And it has five... Moving parts. And yet we live in a world that will say, oh no, you, you weren't designed by anything unique. There's no God that put you together. Just molecules bumped into each other and over a billion years, here you are today. Five moving parts. And you all know this couldn't put itself together. And yet, the world around you will say those first five words, no. There's no God that put it all together. You're all but educated goo. You're just a little higher up the the chain than, than monkeys. I want to give you the first truth. 
If you're going to understand what Christmas is all about, you've got to understand this, and, and that's that God created you in his image. You see, after he got done creating all the moons and the stars and all of that and all the shrubs and plants and all the animals, it says this in the book of Genesis. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image and likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over tame animals, over the earth and over all the small crawling animals on the earth. So God created human beings in his image. You see, God created everything, but you are different. You were actually created in the very image of God. That's what gives your life value. That's what gives your life dignity, sanctity. Human life is like no other life. Yes, God created a zebra, and he created a, a worm, and he created a beetle, but they weren't created in the image of God. You were. That's why you're valuable. That's why you mean something. You're unique. You're special. The Bible says in James that we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Yes, he created everything. But you, you were his prized possession. And what God wanted was he wanted to have a relationship with you. He wanted to do life with you. When he created those first two human beings, Adam and Eve, he wanted to have a relationship with them. And he did. And it was beautiful. And it was wonderful. But one of the things that God had to do was he had to give us a free will. We had to choose to love him. He didn't want a bunch of robots that just said, I love you, God, I love you, God, I love you, God, because that's not love, right? So what God did was he gave human beings a free will. And God said to Adam, Adam, listen, everything is yours, Adam, in this garden. It's all yours. I want to take care of you. You're going to be my people. I'm going to be your God. We're going to have this incredible relationship. But Adam made a choice, and that brings us to the second truth, which is a total downer, and that is this. When Adam sinned, it changed everything. You see, because Adam had a free will, Adam made a choice to disobey God. Adam said, God, I appreciate all your, your thoughts and how you want me to live my life, the things you want me to do with my life, the things you want me to stay away from, but, but I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to do life my own way. And the Bible says that when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. At the very moment Adam, you know, disobeyed God, sinned, it, it changed everything. Everything changed at the moment that God's special creation, human beings, decided to disobey God. Everything changed. The Bible says that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. You see, what Adam handed down to his ch children was a sinful nature. And then Adam's children handed it down to their children and to their children and to their children and to their children. And here we are in 2012 and it's just been handed down 
since the beginning of time that all of us have a sinful nature, all of us. My friends back there, the, the Greeps just had a baby, little Remington, and had the privilege of being in the hospital when that baby was born and held that little baby. And one of the things that that baby has is a sinful nature. They got that sinful nature from their parents who got it from their parents, who got it from their parents, and you can trace it all the way back to Adam. The Bible says all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. All of us. We've all left God's past to follow our own. We all kind of were like Adam. God said, Adam, here are a few things I want you to do. Here are some things I, 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 I don't want you to do. And Adam blew them off, and guess what? We've all done that. All of us. We've all sinned, we've all blown it, we've all disobeyed God, we've, we've all done things that we knew were wrong, we've all said things that we knew were wrong, we all have regrets, we all have that thing called guilt. That's a pesky thing, isn't it? See, those that believe in evolution have a hard time explaining guilt away. You see, God gave us all a conscience. It's one of the beautiful gifts that he gave us was this thing called a conscience so that we would know this is wrong. The Bible just calls it sin. God wanted you to know that you were sinful. He wanted to make it crystal clear that you were sinful, that you had done things that were wrong. The Bible says it's your sins that have cut you off from God. It's your sins because of your sins, he has turned away and he's not going to listen to us anymore. Just like Adam, when he blew it, it ruined the relationship between him and his father. It's ruined our relationship with our father. And if you don't understand the fact that you were created in the very image of God to have a relationship with God, and if you don't understand the fact that you're a sinful person and that your sin has separated you from God, then this Christmas season doesn't mean anything. See, that gets us to the third truth. The third truth is what this season is all about, and that is that God sent a Savior, Jesus, to fix the problem, the problem of sin. We were made in the image of God, and sin marred the image. It ruined the relationship that we had with God, and so the Bible says today in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. That's what we celebrate this time of year. A Savior has been born. A Savior has been born. He's Christ the Lord. And beloved, this is good news. That's why we celebrate this time of year. Yes, we've all sinned against God. Yes, we've all done things that have messed up our relationship with God. But the good news is, is that God still loves us. He knows about the good, the bad, the ugly of your life and my life. He sees all of the sin. And yet, because we were made in his image, he still loves us. And he still wants to have a relationship with us, as bizarre as that sounds. But he couldn't have a relationship with us because of our sin. And God proved the fact that he loved us by sending Jesus Christ, not only to be born, but you can't talk about Christmas and not talk about that other great holiday, Easter. You see, Jesus came and was born in a little town called Bethlehem, but 33 years later, he voluntarily went to a cross. The Romans didn't put him on a cross. The Jews didn't put him on a cross. He was God Almighty. 
He voluntarily went to the cross. And the Bible records the, the last three words of Jesus. Right before he died on that cross, it said, it says this. Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. Now what does he mean, it is finished? Well, he didn't mean that Jesus was finished because Jesus isn't finished. He's alive and well. He lives in my life today. He lives in most of your lives today. In some of your lives, he's working right now in your life. He wasn't saying that he was finished. He said, it is finished. What's the it? The it is the redemptive work. It was done. He came. He was born of a virgin named Mary. He lived an incredible life, a holy life, a righteous life, a perfect life, a sin-free life. And he went to a cross, and he died on that cross, and they put him in a tomb, and three days later he walks out of that tomb proving that he was who he said he was, and that was God. It is finished, Jesus said, the redemptive work, the work needed to cleanse you of your sin, that stuff that marred the image, the stuff that goofed up your relationship with the Father. Beloved, there's no doubt that God cares about you, but as I said earlier, he's given all of us a free will, right? And this brings us to the fourth truth, and that truth is this. You have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. God doesn't force anything upon you. Jesus said this in John chapter three. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him, whoever makes the choice to believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son Jesus into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. L listen to me carefully, okay? Pay real close attention. Jesus didn't come to bring condemnation. That's not why he came. He didn't need to bring condemnation. Why? Because we were already condemned. Our sin already condemned us. Our sin had already messed everything up. He didn't need to come to bring condemnation. Now, the sad thing is, is a lot of Christians will do that. A lot of Christians will, will condemn you. And that's sad. And I apologize for that. We're to be like Jesus. Jesus didn't bring condemnation. We're already condemned. He came to bring salvation. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. Not a condemner, but a Savior. But as I said, God doesn't force himself on anybody. You, you gotta wanna know him on your own. You gotta wanna give your life over to him voluntarily. You gotta ask Jesus to be a part of your life. And here's, here, here's the cool thing. If you don't want Jesus in your life, then Jesus says, okay, I won't come into your life. And I won't be a part of your life for all of eternity. Jesus will give you exactly what you want. He's not going to force you to do anything. Remember, you got a free will. And so if you don't want Jesus, Jesus says, okay. Then I won't be a part of your life forever. 
But if you ask Christ to come into your life, if you receive the Savior that was born for you this time of year, then Jesus comes into your life and he cleanses you of your sin and no longer are you condemned anymore. Why? Because you have the Savior. And Jesus now says, I will live with you. We will be together forever. If you don't want the Lord, you, you don't have to take him. And Jesus will honor your choice for eternity. Or you can say, Jesus, I want you in my life. And once again, Jesus will honor that choice for all of eternity. Look, I, I don't know why you're here. You all came for different reasons. Some of you came because a friend brought you or a family member brought you. Some of you came because... It was going to be great music. Maybe you saw the ad in the paper or whatever. I don't care why you, you think you're here. I just want you to know you're not here by accident. God brought you here tonight that he might say to you, I created you. I love you. I want a relationship with you. I sent my son to be a savior for you. I want to have a relationship with you. And now the ball's in your court. You get to exercise your free will. You can choose to invite the Lord into your life, or you can choose to say, no, I don't want him. This past hour, our last uh, performance, there were a whole lot of people that asked the Lord into their life. And this is what I want you to do. Just, just close your eyes for, for just a second, okay? Just close your eyes for a second. And maybe you're here and you're going, you know what, I get it for the first time. I, I understand this thing. I understand what Christmas is about. And I want to invite the Lord into my life. And if that's you, I just want you to pray this prayer. Just mean it inside your heart, okay? This prayer is not in the Bible. It's just, just a prayer. It's something that I prayed years ago. Just say, dear Jesus, I, I get it. I understand. My sin marred the image. My sin messed up my relationship with you. And I want you in my life. I give you my life, Jesus. I surrender my life to you. Come into my life. Cleanse me of my sin. Be my savior. While your heads are bowed, I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything like that. But if, if you prayed that prayer, would you just raise your hand that, that, that I could see it real quick? Just make, and make sure I, I see you. Yeah, a couple of you right back there. You up there, right here. Cool. Anybody? Just make, make, make sure I make eye contact with you. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I see you. Yeah, gotcha, man. Cool. Up there, everybody? Yeah, back there. Yeah, yeah, back in the back row. Okay. Okay, put your hands up. Everybody look up here. Hey, this is all I want you to do. We're gonna, we got a, one of my favorite songs is coming up. You have that card. This is all I want you to do. If, if that was, if you prayed and there were a lot of hands that went up, like I said, last hour there were a lot of, a lot of hands. I just want you to take that card and just put a little star up in the corner. And all the ones that have stars on them are going to be given to me. And I, I'm not going to come knocking on your door. I'm not going to, no one's going to show up and bother you or anything like that. But I'm going to have that card. 
and I'm going to send you either an email or, or something, uh, snail mail, and, and, and I want to invite you to a little thing I'm going to do in January. Just uh, hey, say, hey, look, l- let me help you in this new relationship that you have with God. Because the weird thing is, is God knows everything there is to know about you. Some of you just don't know very much about him. And I want to help you in that. It's one of the things the church is here for, is to help people get to know the Lord better. And if you'd put that on there, I'll send you a little deal. It'll, I'll tell you about it. It's called the follow class, and I'd love to invite you to it. You don't have to come, but at least you can get the information. Or maybe, maybe you're here and you're going, you know what? I gave my life to Christ last week here or two weeks ago or a month or six months ago, and I'd like to be involved in that follow class. If you'd put a little star up there, I'll send you some, some information this next week, inviting you to the class. I'd love to have you come. And it's just real different. You get to ask questions. It's just me. And, and, and so all you got to do is do that. And in just a moment, we'll pass all these cards into the center aisle. And then the hosts and hostesses will, will come and, 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 they'll, and they'll pick them up, okay? Father, thank you, Lord, for this moment. And there were a whole lot of hands that went up, God. Lord, thank you for revealing to them the truth of how much you love them and care about them. I pray, Father, they'd put a little star up there that I might have a chance to communicate with them. Thanks, Jesus, for for your goodness and for what this season represents, that you love us, you care about us, Lord. Father, uh, speak to us in this last song here, God. I pray this in your name. Amen. Go ahead and pass those things in, in towards the center, okay?
We want to thank you so much for coming tonight. We have one more song uh, before uh, we say uh, good evening. And uh, before uh, we sing this last song, I just wanted to, um, to recognize some people and say thank you. And uh, first of all, on piano, we have Yvonne Thompson. Our vocal soloist tonight was Rose Miano. We have on the cello, Jenna Hunt. Playing the flute and penny whistle, Cheryl Medic. A couple that were up here earlier, Christine Kerfoot played the violin, and Adam Lundell played the oboe. Of course, you wouldn't have been able to hear everything tonight if it wasn't for Matt Tannis and the audio crew. Thank you so much, Matt. And then as you walked in this evening, there were some harpists playing out in the foyer, and they are actually sisters, and Antina, Rochelle, and, and Mara Vanderpol. So let's thank them. And then finally, just a... a, a I just want to thank the choir. Thank you guys so much. And we want to thank you for coming tonight. And so when we're finished with this last song, feel free to hang out in the lobby. There's more cookies out there. So if you didn't get enough sugar, sugar up, okay? And uh, one, one more song. Thank you. 